I am, at heart, a gentleman, Marlena Dietrich. Scene 1. Schoolgirl, 1914-1918. I had nothing to do with my birth. 1. The first time I fell in love, I was 12 years old. It happened at the Augusta Victoria Schule in the suburban district of Schöneberg, southwest of Berlin. Here in a squat building defended by wrought iron gates, whose extravagant plaster facade concealed a warren of icy classrooms, I studied grammar, arithmetic, and history, followed by homemaking skills and an hour of bracing calisthenics before ending the long day with a perfunctory French class. I disliked school, but not because I was unintelligent. In my childhood, a series of governesses had overseen my education. Although my year-older sister, Elizabeth, known in our family as Liesel, received most of their attention because of her poor health. English and French, deportment, dancing, and music were our daily regimen, from which our mother demanded unimpeachable perfection. Though better prepared than most for the rigors of institutional learning, I disliked school because I didn't fit in with the jam-smeared fingers and confidences of my fellow students, all of whom had known one another since infancy and dubbed me Mouse for my timidity, unaware that timid was the last word my mother would have used to describe me. Not that Moody would tolerate a word of complaint, when Papa died of cardiac arrest in my sixth year, the urgent need to economize had subsumed our grief. Appearances must be maintained. After all, the widow Josephine Dietrich was one of the distinguished Felsings of Berlin, founders of the renowned Felsing Clockmaker and Watch Company, which had operated under imperial patent for over a century. Moody refused to accept her family's charity, though Papa had been a suburban police lieutenant whose death benefits stretched only so far. As soon as he was buried, the governesses vanished, deemed an unaffordable luxury. Because of Liesel's vaguely diagnosed indispositions, Moody took employment as a housekeeper and set forth an educational schedule for my sister to follow at home. While Moody squeezed me into the starched gray uniform, twined my strawberry blonde hair into braids, topped by a gigantic taffeta bow, and with patent leather shoes pinching my toes, marched me to the shula, where irreproachable spinsters could mold my character. You will behave, Moody admonished me. Mind your manners and do as you're told. Do I make myself clear? Don't let me hear you give yourself airs. You've had more advantages than many, but no daughter of mine should boast of her accomplishments. She needn't have worried. At home, I was often reprimanded for my competitive spirit, always seeking to outdo Liesel. But once I entered the schoolyard, I realized it was preferable to act as though I knew as little as possible, overwhelmed by the tribal cliques and suspicious stares of my classmates. No one could suspect I had more than a rudimentary understanding of anything, including French, a language which every well-bred girl must learn, but no well-bred German girl should become too familiar with, 
carrying as it did a hint of the forbidden with its sharp R and seductive S. Feigning ignorance, and to deflect attention, I assumed the last seat in the last desk at the back of the classroom and kept to myself. A mouse hiding in plain sight. Until the day our new French teacher arrived. Strands of chestnut-colored hair escaped her chignon, and her rounded cheeks were flushed, as if she'd been racing down the hall late for her entrance, which she was. The class bell had rung, and the girls, already passing scribbled notes torn from their primers, huddled across the aisles to exchange whispers. All of a sudden, she swept in, the long-awaited replacement for Madame Servine, who had suffered a sudden fall that precipitated her retirement. With sweat dappling her brow from the unseasonable July heat, our new teacher dropped the book she carried onto her desk with a resounding thump, making every girl jolt upright. Madame Servine had not abided dawdling. Many here had felt the sharp rap of her ruler on their knees or knuckles for perceived insolence. This startling young woman with her disheveled air and collection of tomes might prove equally formidable. 